Welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Josh, here with... Mella. Lacey. And Rashawn. It's good, y'all. What's going hey. on? What it do? How you doing? <laughs> Not too bad. What's everybody been watching? What are you keeping up on? Okay, I want to go first because this is really bothering me. Okay. Um, Starting spicy, y'all. Let's go. So there is this book called The Radium Girls, written by Kate Moore. Read this book last year. It was one of the first nonfiction books that I actually read. I didn't listen to as an audiobook. In the 1920s, the women who were in charge of painting watch face styles for soldiers in the war, and they used radium paint to make the watch faces glow in the dark for the soldiers. And radium at the time was, you know, the wonder drug, and it's so good for you, and it makes your skin glow a little bit, and it, you know, can cure any illness. Like, it was before anyone realized radium was poison. And the way that they painted these watch faces was by licking the brush, dipping it in the radium, and painting it over and over and over and over again. So a bunch of these women were poisoned by radium, and were losing teeth and losing limbs and getting ulcers and Jesus. basically found out that the company knew pretty much the whole time that the paint was poison. The book was so powerful. It is so beautifully written and so well told. It reads like a, a regular novel, like a fiction fantasy novel almost. And then yesterday. Oh, here we go. <laughs> on Netflix. They released the movie that they made. I think they made it like two years ago, but it just, yeah, it just came out on Netflix called Radium Girls. Joey King, Abby Quinn, Kara Seymour, just a bunch of people. And um, you guys, the movie is terrible. Oh, no. And it's so disappointing because the story is right there for the taking word for word their their corpses were glowing in the dark as as they were like getting buried and put in coffins and getting put in the ground their corpses were glowing in the dark so i just like i was so excited because reading the book i was like oh my gosh i want to write an adaptation of this i want to you know i want to create something about these women do it their story (laughs) their story is so powerful and you know, they they had to suffer so much for us to not have to suffer, you know, now. If and this... only you were an incredibly talented writer. Okay, right. listen, we're not talking about that. We're talking oh, about the wait. movie. You <laughs> are. <laughs> there can always be a better version. There's two Steve Jobs out there, and we know only one is good. There's like three Hercules movies that came out within like two years of each other. You know what I'm saying? You guys are making me itchy. I just wanted to say. (laughs) It's the radium girl. (laughs) It's making you itchy. (laughs) I wanted to put it out there. It is on Netflix, free to watch. It has some good acting in it for sure. 
but read the book listen to the book like this story needs to be no this story should be should have been taught in history class so what are you guys watching <laughs> there's my also, five minute tirade for the episode <laughs> also on netflix i watched a movie called saturday church it is a musical fantasy drama about a young man played by Luca Kane. And he is struggling with his identity, his sexual identity, his gender identity. Um, he tries to wear his mother's heels at one point and he likes to put on makeup, but he comes from a super religious background and he travels to Christopher Street in Manhattan and runs into people that are also a part of a shelter and they introduce him to the ball culture. Yes. It stars MJ Rodriguez and India Moore, who are both in Pose. And it's a really interesting movie. I don't know if I completely loved it. Again, I'm really glad that it exists. Uh, there's the musical interludes are, are really interesting. And, and the fact that a movie like this was made at all is, is an achievement. So I was really glad that I watched it. What's it called? Saturday Church. Great. I slash we watched WandaVision, the first two episodes. Mm -hmm. Who we love. Delightful and fucking weird in the best way possible. Obviously, Elizabeth Olsen is great. Obviously, Paul Bettany is great. But it stars one of our generation's truly transcendent actors. Mm. And that is a one Catherine Hahn. Mm. She's probably number. She's probably third build under the top two. Knocks it out of the park. It's very stylized. Each, Mella, each... this is right up your alley. You'll fucking love it. Oh Mella. yeah, I mm -hmm. am so fucking excited. Have Rashawn give you a bit of a lowdown on what's going on between the two of them. You don't have to <laughs> pretend like you know. I won't. No, personally, that's one of the movies you really like, though. You like yeah, Civil I did. War a lot. It's just been a minute, so just like a quick little briefing and then i'm in it'll probably follow closely more to infinity war than anything else oh okay but so i mean civil war is where they kind of got together yeah and then yeah. infinity war is when he got his head ripped out <gasps> spoilers oh. it's been out for a while <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> i am kidding uh, but yeah it's very stylized i don't want to give really anything away it's super cool and super trippy and i am all about bringing back the once a week releases when game of thrones was releasing weekly it was fun it's fun to talk about things when they release weekly and that's my piece <laughs> i'm excited yeah and it kind of i mean i haven't watched it but just from the trailer i feel like the weekly release and it being that like old school 1950s i love lucy kind of goes hand in hand so that is so cool. Can't wait. All right. Mel, you watched anything? I sure did, Joshua. Oh, fuck. I finally watched Groundhog Day. Play the clip. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> In Groundhog Day, I'm reliving the same day over and over. Bill? Ned Ryerson? Bang! Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. Well, it's Groundhog Day. Again? At first, he was a little anxious. Bill? What? Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? I'd say the chance of departure is 80%. But now, we could do whatever we want. <laughs> He's discovering the possibilities. Don't you worry about cholesterol? Why? And living life mm. like there's Phil? no tomorrow. Phil Connors! Ned! Because there is...
prison. I am an immortal. I have been Groundhog Day is a 1993 comedy written and directed by the late, great Harold Ramis, starring Bill Murray, the adorable Andy McDowell, the character actor extraordinaire Chris Elliott. It is about a Pittsburgh weatherman who goes by the name of Phil on a assignment goes down to Puxatawney to go to the annual Groundhog Day Festival where Puxatawney Phil, the groundhog, pops out of the ground. Phil, of course, is a miserable bastard, hates every second of it. A blizzard hits. They are forced to stay in the town one more day. Phil wakes up and he's reliving Groundhog Day over and over and over and over and over again. Oh, I love this movie, you guys. Uh-oh. This... This, I think, is my favorite Bill Murray movie. Where do I even begin? I have to, like, sort my thoughts out. I think Harold Ramis is a master of the early 90s comedy. Who knows if he was still alive and working today, if he could have stuff that holds up. But I think his pacing, his jokes, his, his the environment, the characters that he creates all sort of fit perfectly into this little niche movie that's very much exactly what it's supposed to be. It's this romantic comedy that's also to its bones hero's journey of phil throughout this story and how he learns essentially the golden rule you need to treat others how you'd want to be treated that's what this movie is about learning how to treat others it's just to its core a simple message laid flat a protagonist you are not supposed to like you do not feel bad not liking and you grow with him and find comfort in his journey as he learns to treat other human beings like human beings. Boy, does Bill Murray knock it out of the park, you guys. <laughs> What's that face for Sean? That's a smile for my best friend. Why'd you, you, saw, you, you hesitated? I did, I did not hesitate. <laughs> Why don't you go to Carmella first? Mella, what? what'd you think? This is your first time watching it. This is my first it. watch. Good, let's go... start with the good. What'd you like, what'd you oh, like okay. about it? I think Annie McDowell is the sweetest I feel like if you told me this was her first movie and she didn't do anything ever again, it just seemed like she was picked, plucked out of a crowd. They were like, you're adorable. We're going to put you in here. Nothing seemed fake. It just seemed like she's the sweetest little Southern button, if you will. Um, Uh Uh-huh. A what? Oh, biscuit. That's what I meant. (laughs) Uh, I think she was my favorite part. And my other favorite part is... Don't say it. Don't you fucking say it. <laughs> what? Do you already know? The fucking groundhog. Yes! <laughs> Yo. I fucking knew it. When that little dude is driving the truck, I that, scream laugh. That, that, for real, that groundhog bit Bill Murray so hard twice that he had to get rabies shots. I'm jealous of the groundhog. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. So you didn't um, like it. Those were when, definitely my faves. When he yeeted off a cliff yeah. with the groundhog? He's, he his little claws on the steering wheel <laughs> and he was like chewing gum. Yeah. Like, he wasn't what? chewing gum. <laughs> we don't know what he was chewing, but in my mind I was like, this little dude's just chewing gum. He pulled a big red out of the glove compartment. He's <laughs> like, if we're going down, I'm going down with the taste of cinnamon in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to start with the good and mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll come back. Let you, I'm going to be honest, you guys. Yeah. 
I feel like I'm always the one to interrupt people's synopsis with what I didn't like about it. So I, this is the open floor. Tell me what you did. Let's, let's hear it. Okay, I have a grape. There we go. Let's kick it off. I've seen this movie a lot, and I really enjoy this movie. One of my favorite Bill Murray movies. But watching it through this time, I had the question that I never like consciously asked myself before, which was, okay, but what happens when he's killing himself? What happens to the rest of the people for the rest of the day? Does the day just reset for everybody? Or is he dead for those, you know, 12 to whatever, however many hours, whenever he dies that day? And then they answer that when they have Larry and Rita at the morgue identifying his body. So my real big gripe (laughs) with this is the inconsideration, I guess, for the trauma that he is inflicting on these other people. This the question that it raises. Is this a multiverse theory movie where technically when he dies, he wakes back up on the six, but his body or at six, his body still needs to get to six o'clock though. So there's going to be that time where it's still his body. Now we have to, we have to ask, are we subscribing that this is a multiverse theory where every single one of these days that he's lived out is a branching multiverse? Or, or is it one that just keeps locking in place and resetting? This is an eternal sunshine of the spotless mind to me. This Ooh. is... Meaning what? Just because they don't remember what happened doesn't mean that they didn't experience a trauma. So you think deep down, Rita that continued on to February 3rd has some sort of hidden like sleeper agent bubbling trauma? No, I didn't. I don't mean that, but it, that doesn't take away the fact that she had to experience it. They don't remember anything in Eternal Sunshine either, but they experienced right. all those things together. They did, yeah. That Phil's an asshole. I don't. Are you are you looking for me to defend <laughs> Phil? Not a good argument. <laughs> no, I mean I agree with you. The part about Phil, you're correct. He's an asshole. The part about Rita and Larry experiencing this trauma, the question is. Do they continue to feel it or is it or do they reset as well? Or are there thousands of different Rita's and Larry's out there? I think that... they reset every day. Yeah, I agree. I don't so think they're that fine they... then. Right, so they're, good. they're fine. But that was still something that he had these people in that moment have to yeah. go through. Phil's an asshole. Yeah. That's the that's the point. I'm just saying. It's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> That's, That's you're, a gripe. You're agreeing with me and the movie. Phil's an asshole. Yeah. We're That's Sean. it. Don't say my name. <laughs> <laughs> have I, you seen this movie before? I have. This is a TBS favorite. This is a classic. TBS classic. Oh, I feel like it was always on TBS. If you're listening to this, turn on your TV. It's going to be on. It's probably on. It's probably on. Yeah. If not, it's coming on like in the next 30 minutes. <laughs> I don't have anything nice to say about this movie. <laughs> Not a single thing. I take that back. That's harsh. That's harsh and very extreme. I agree with Mel about Andy McDowell. I acknowledge Harold Ramis, who is a legend, an icon. And his. I do like his script, question mark. I don't know. There are things about it that I was just that even watching it now, I was just like head scratching a little bit. I don't know what else to like about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Here's into what, it. Then talk about what you don't like. Here's the thing. I'm all about movies about 
not great people being not great. I'm cool with that. I think there's a disconnect when it comes to the magic of Bill Murray. I am not under his spell at all. Okay, then take that out of it. I can't because he's in every frame of this movie. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what do you mean? What do you mean the magic of Bill Murray? What do you, What do you think the magic of Bill Murray forgives that you are unable to forgive? A character like this, where he can be terrible, but it's okay because the charm or the charisma of the person kind of forgives that. I don't think he has charm or charisma. I think he's just a white man. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> if it. you're gonna if you're gonna put someone in that position, which <laughs> you you didn't give me a hard time, but you elbowed me a little bit about bringing two movies to the podcast that were narrated by little black boys. This is the second time you made me watch a fucking movie about <laughs> Bill Murray being a dickhead <laughs> in a TV station. Yeah, <laughs> and I've had it. No more TV station Bill Murray. Are there any other ones? I don't know. Please don't bring them to the podcast. Me... <laughs> you will find them. If you I'm don't know, we one. don't know. Catch but me bringing Razor's Edge on the <laughs> next one. <laughs> here's the thing. Bring Lost in Translation because I will gush about that movie. But when you have someone who's a who's not a good person in a position, I feel like there has to be a moment where I understand why he is good at his job. And I feel like all we see is him being such an asshole. He's a good weatherman. I know, but I never see him being a good weatherman. There are, there are moments where he relays how he communicates to people through weather directions. And that's the opening shot is him being a good weatherman. I know. So why is he covering Groundhog Day? Because it's a it's a rinky dink news station. It's not a big Pittsburgh news station. Remember, he keeps talking about how he's going to move up. This is his last day at the station. He's going to a big Pittsburgh one. It's not a big. He's he's a good weatherman for this shitty little news station, but it's not a big deal. And he thinks this is his jumping off point. He thinks this is it. I think this also ties into what I don't like about it is that I never your taste. Joshua. <laughs> Not my taste, baby. I don't love Bill Murray. <laughs> what I would say is that I don't get why this is happening to him. Maybe because I've seen other groundhog tropes in other movies where they explain why this is happening to the main character and then they chase trying to get back to No, I'm gonna interrupt you. Are you talking about Palm Springs? Uh, well, Palm Springs, um, Happy Death Day, Fifty First Dates. Like, there's a lot of movies that this <laughs> Fifty First a- Dates is a medical condition that does not count. That's yes, Groundhog Day. That's but they're start day. they're resetting. Like, I mean the same thing as like the reset? they're resetting okay. every single day, which I think I personally don't love. That I told Rashawn, you got two of these. You got two wake ups for me, and then I need to figure some shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Because what are we doing? And by the time we get to the end of the movie, I'm like, so what the fuck happened? Why did why did this happen to him? Divine intervention. See, I don't need an explanation. I don't need science. I don't need any kind of exposition to tell me why this is happening. I'll I'll jump on the train and I'll go for the ride. I'm all about it. I just don't. He is not a good time for me. <laughs> Where I was just like, no, this, no, this guy that's, said that's what? The fucking, that's no. the point. 
even when okay like i can see that throughout like 90 percent of the movie like he's an asshole throughout the whole movie but you can't tell me your heart didn't melt a little when they're laying in bed together and he's just reading her poetry as she falls asleep no i was like get away from me that was Bill Murray's idea because that actually happened with him and his wife on their wedding day. That's super sweet. Great. <laughs> then why is it not sweet coming from Phil? The thing is, Bill Murray, you said that he has no charm. Who, me? Yes. You said he's not charming, right? What the fuck? When did I say that? Or Rashawn did... said that. Okay, well, Bill... I think I'm... he's charming as fuck. I don't think he is at all. I think there was so many moments where... For example, we're getting into the fun of it where he's like waking up every day and he's like, Phil's not charming, if that's what you're talking about. Um, Bill is, Phil's not. That's what you said. Yeah, Phil's. Yeah, Phil. Well, Phil is not. Okay. Bill is. I don't think Bill is. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Bill Murray is trying to be charming in this part. You can't say that. I don't think he is. Not at the beginning. But the part the parts that I'm talking I'm talking about is that he starts trying to hook up with all these different women that he's gone to high school with, quote unquote. Gross. And that does not work for Bill fucking Murray. <laughs> there well, is no doesn't. way on this earth that I would even wake up on the same February second and be like, "Ooh, okay, all right, yeah, we went to high school together. Let's go to the fucking cafe." You are Two Bill things. Murray. Two things. This is 1993. You have to remember. So Baby. what? Ugly don't don't have a time limit. <laughs> but two, that's the point. Phil knows that he can't just pick these up. He's being a fucking predator. He's like manipulating them. This is all proof of how bad Phil is, which is the point. This is uh, he's put in this crucible of Groundhog Day to either become a better person or basically live in hell. Sure, but then he still ends up with Rita, who's a ten. Who's they so never, sweet? They never even have sex. They just kiss. Yeah, but they mm, still become. A I couple. think there was a little oh. morning delight that went. I don't on know because I don't know. He, had... he woke up in his jeans. So <laughs> I, I don't did. know. I, he sure did. I, I was Both like, you, "Ow, what the fuck?" Both I said you the at, same thing. Oh God, because you're not watching it. She literally says thirty seconds before Lacey brought that out. She said, "Where was this last night? You just rolled over and fell asleep. That's why he's in his fucking jeans because he I just." Don't, I don't care. <laughs> took me out took me out man what do you mean that's the po- that that shows that he just fell asleep that he's full-on under the covers no he's not he's yes, above he the covers is. he was above the covers how would no. you see his jeans if he's under the covers because he's under his covers the camera pans over she reaches over stops the alarm clock he jumps out of bed to look out the window no he doesn't and then i'm, go- look, yes, I'm he going does. on youtube we just watched right? it fucking now watch the i ending. watched it too watch the ending because it, it wants to make you believe that he's still in the loop he is under the covers he i'm jumps i'm out. going on youtube right now he I'm jumps mute. out to go look at the window sees that the street is empty and then he comes back to bed and lays on top of the covers he was under the covers it's on youtube we're gonna watch it together have at it that is a great sign. Don't listen to this man. Oh, thank you. He flips it up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's under the covers. Okay. 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 (laughs) That's fine. However, 
who's to say he didn't go under the covers or more likely Rita put him under the covers? Sure. This is not going to make or break the movie for me. It's just fucking weird. He's in jeans. That's he fell <laughs> I said the same thing, Rashawn. Thank he, you. He just rolled over and fell asleep. Josh, you're acting can... like this is not weird. And <laughs> Lacey, how many times have I fallen asleep on the couch fully clothed? Fucking every damn day of our marriage. And then you got up and went to bed and laid under the covers with your jeans on? <laughs> uh, no. Lacey would probably put a blanket over me when she finds me on the couch. That's not your bed. <laughs> He didn't fall. Oh my fucking god! He fell asleep on the couch. They or on the, God damn it! He fell asleep on the bed Take in the his L. jeans. Take the he L fell asleep. No, no. I, I just know he woke up with those itchy thighs from those jeans. Probably. <laughs> I know he did. Probably. He fell asleep. She talks about how he fell right asleep. They laid down, and he rolled over and fell asleep. In his jeans. Rita being Rita. We have established she's the nicest person on planet Earth. She, she probably tucked him in. Okay. <laughs> You're, why, why, is, why is this suddenly... Josh is weird for saying this. When you guys are talking about how fucking insane it is that he fell asleep in his jeans. You can just agree with us that it's weird because it is. It's. I'm not going to agree that it's weird because it is explained in the movie why it happens. You thought he's laid on top of the covers. Okay. And, and now jeans. that I've presented with new information, I'm adjusting that, okay, he still fell asleep right away, as Rita said. Why are you actively ignoring that part? I don't even you're know acting why like, we started you're acting, about You're part. acting like he went into the bathroom, brushed his fucking teeth, put on his moisturizer that he definitely doesn't wear, crawled into bed, sure threw open there. the covers slid in his jeans and then said good night rita and then just went to sleep that's not what fucking happened i don't care (laughs) okay can i ask something actually like a serious question yes i loved chris elliott in this (gasps) he didn't do anything yeah he he didn't do do. he had nothing to do yeah i thought he was really cute in this he's cute but yeah Yeah, he's he's got nothing to do yeah he's cute i love him so Mm. he so the last day, yeah, he has built up this kind of routine and perfected a way to help all these people. Right, he yeah. stops someone from choking. He fixes someone's tire, so that at the end, at the party, all these people come up to him in front in front of Rita, and they thank him and they give him some love in front of her, and that kind of changes how she sees him. But I guess my question is that entire day because she resets every day right so i didn't i didn't quite understand her change of heart because for her up until that day at the beginning of all every day like that she said like i just saw you as an asshole so that last day he's spending all that time fixing all these things for everyone else that he's not spending all that time that he spent throughout the movie with her so i was a little thrown by how quickly she fell for him on that last day because to her that's that's all she knows of him but majority but majority of the assholishness that she experiences with him is on that first groundhog day like that's where she sees the most example of him being just an absolute prick Right. They, they, if I'm 
remembering correctly, she's newish, right? She's yeah, yeah, she's new. yeah. 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 So like they barely know each other. And so this new this last setting of Groundhog Day, she's just watching him be this good guy and charming everyone in the town. But I guess because the beginning when they see them at the news station and when they're driving to the town, all that is before mm-hmm. Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. yeah. So he so he is kind of dickish to her where he like box her in the van when she's imitating the groundhog and like he he's like poking at her and being kind of an asshole and then the the day begins in the town it was like a slight thing that i never noticed before where i was just kind of like what does she see that last day because it seems like he's busy throughout that entire day with other people to me how i perceive rita and how she looks at phil is that she knows phil thinks she's attractive she knows she's attractive it doesn't affect her she's still going to be rita rita doesn't care how you treat her per se if she knows you're courting her she wants to see how you treat other people especially when she's not looking it's the sort of the morality test is is character is judged by how you act when no one is watching kind of thing and rita seeing that he did all these nice things when she wasn't even around and she wasn't even there and he wasn't even looking for the appreciation from her for doing these things proved to her that she was wrong about him. He is this great guy and God damn it. He can tickle those ivories. (laughs) He can, you know, I I buy, I buy, I, I, that was just something that popped up to me, which by the way, he's become a superhuman. He can read and write and speak fluent French amateur to semi-professional car repairs. He can rob a bank, play piano at a unbelievably high level, memorized and learned dozens of poets. He knows how to ice sculpt. Like, he's he's the perfect man now. That is one thing that I think the movie does so well is taking us through these steps of, like, how many, however many stages of grief. Like, we go through that experience with throughout this whole movie you know what i mean we have denial we have gluttony we have bargaining (laughs) we have you know she switched to seven deadly sins (laughs) (laughs) i understand where he's at every way through the film all of that feels very real to me and it makes me go okay what would i do you know if i had unlimited time when he's sitting at the breakfast table and he has all those desserts and donuts and cakes i turned to josh and i was like that's what i would do i would just eat 100 <laughs> everything fun fact he was offered a spit bucket for that and he declined sounds he, like me he <laughs> ate all of it and then he ended up getting kind of sick that, that afternoon for that scene he shot all of them another fun fact the snowball scene Harold Ramis took those kids aside before the scene started and told them to hit Bill Murray as hard as they could with snowballs. <laughs> and the moment they did, Bill Murray, in return, started to hit those kids as hard as he could with snowballs. <laughs> I, I will walk back my harsh-ass statement. I did really enjoy the screenplay. Here's something, a movie. I'm, I debated telling you this or not because... It'll just deepen your... Fuck it, I'll tell you. (laughs) Harold Ramis originally wanted and they were going to approach Tom Tom Hanks. Hanks. Mm -hmm. And they said no because Tom Hanks is too nice. Lord, give Tom Hanks. 
that would have turned things around for me, I gotta say. My one recast in that time period at the height of his powers would have been Robin Williams. Oh, oh my God, yeah. It would have been incredible. So Look, good. I oh. love Bill Murray, but Tom Hanks or Robin Williams in this? Fuck out of here. Of course I would like that more. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mela, let's see your list. <laughs> okay. Um, not in any order, but I put uh, Jason Sudeikis. Or, oh, like a, a 2020 version? Yeah. Adam Sandler. Interesting. Uh, 50 first dates, apparently, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I put him and I didn't even think about that. Uh, and then Rashawn said Seth Rogen, which I threw on the list. Oh, I did say Seth Rogen. And I also said, uh, I forgot I forgot his name again, Jason Siegel. Who's your reader then? I, I still kept Andy. <laughs> Come on now. I didn't recast Rita because I loved her so much. So I wasn't even thinking about someone. I mean, that's consensus, right? Rashawn, did you like Andy McDowell in this? Absolutely. 100%. I mean, she like, she's flawless in this fucking so sweet. picture. She is so genuine. Like yeah. everything is like a, a five-year-old experiencing it for the first time. The 90s version of the manic pixie dream girl. Like it's the, mm-hmm. the perfect mm. clean slate, pure... The 90s version of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl was a woman with her shit together. <laughs> yeah. Because the man doesn't have Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like way too sweet to yeah. that man. Correct. Do you buy the turn that that Phil makes at the end because of how much you love Bill Murray? Or do you see it, actually see it in the movie? I buy it only because to me... In my perception of the movie, he's been doing this for thousands, if not tens of thousands of days. We've seen he's tried everything else and he may, you get, you get a glimpse of it when he rescues the kid falling out of the tree. He gets that little dopamine rush of doing something nice for someone. And from what we know of Phil, he's never done that before. So this is all kind of new to him and helping people out. And it's also a little selfish when he does something nice for someone like saving a kid's marriage or, but I think he gets that dopamine rush and, and the selfish thank you. So I, I, I buy it given how extensively we've seen him try everything else. I think the big change for him and the reason that I buy the change for him comes from when he teams up with and meets the homeless man. That whole sequence of him trying different avenues of rehabilitating this old man and it not working. And that line of sometimes people just die. So he has to then accept that he can't change this fate for this person that he overlooked that the whole city overlooked you know for however many years he can't change that so he looks to what he can change and what he can save and what he can make a difference in for this town so that's why I buy it because he he was faced with something that he couldn't fix and so he went to find all the things that he could Mello, why don't you buy it? No, I buy it. I 100% thought there was going to be a little twist and the nurse was going to pull back the sheet once he said, let me see his chart. And it was going to be him, but older. Don't. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> she's, she's just got like uh, PTSD from Scrooge. She's just dead ass. I was like, oh, Rashawn, it's about to be him. <laughs> on the granny and he's actually been aging and it's been so long 
But no, it was just a little bit more on the nose than what I was trying to give Look, it. <laughs> I grew up I grew up with these kind of movies. My com my sense of humor is forged by these kind of movies. Mm-hmm. There's something that these kind of movies do so wrong so consistently. That is the token black bartender or the token quippy black nurse. Oh yeah. Is so painful. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even like just these kinds of comedies. It's just circa everything up until maybe last year. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think I'm numb to it at this point. It's fine. It, it, it made sense in this movie though. Yeah, like, there it's was fine. a lot of polka. I didn't I don't think, think I was people... gonna run into any black people. And they don't give a shit about no groundhog. They got <laughs> things to do. It was how they were utilized. I know it's the, it's it was the norm and it's we're numb to it, but I think it's worth if we don't go out of our way to point it out, we might accidentally subconsciously let it slip in the future. So I just want to point out that yeah. one of my favorite comedies from the '90s is complicit in this shitty, lazy trope. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that I read the original version of the script. It felt a little bit more like Palm Springs, where he kind of woke up already and. Kentucky? Did I say that right? Punxsutawney. Punxsutawney. Thank you. <laughs> Where he woke up. <laughs> he woke up in. Uh, say it again. Pussy town. Pussy town. That's it. That's Pussy Town USA, baby. Hey, one more time. I'm so sorry. Population Bill Murray. No. Punxsutawney. Where <laughs> Phil wakes up in Punxsutawney and he's already in the loop. And I think Ramis said that he thought the audience would feel cheated if he didn't, if they didn't see how Phil realized that he was in a loop. Mm. So they changed it. Interesting. Mm. How fun for the side character actors, like the guy who played Ned mm-hmm. or the waitress. I turned to Josh while we were watching it and I was like, talk about that skill of repeating a performance. Dude, like yeah. almost eyebrow raise for eyebrow raise for, right. for some of them. Like Did it's really fucking impressive. The guy that plays Ned, the consistency at that like high level of a character, mm-hmm. like the character may be annoying to you, whatever, but like respect the technicality of it. He get, delivers that same wacky performance with the same beats and intonations a ton of times. He's great. Uh, Steven Tobolowski. He's really funny. Yeah. To the point where I was like, I wonder if they're using this, this so good that I'm like, like that no, too, yeah. that's, it's not. Like Bill Murray if, saying different shit. It can't be the same thing. If it wasn't the 90s, you'd be like, oh, they maybe are just reusing the footage. Right. Like, you guys want to play a game? Yeah. Yeah. I've never been more excited for a game. Oh, God. <laughs> Which just makes all of us just upset and scared. Yeah. <laughs> that's gracious. <laughs> Oh, he wrote shit down. Oh, goodness. I'm going to see y'all later. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> All right, everyone. Gird your loins. Riddle me this. They don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. I despise guessing games. Come on, boy. play with me. Really All right, y'all. So Groundhog's Day, as we know, is all about fixing things, fixing yourself, fixing your past mistakes. Oh, Lord. Okay. So... I went back in time, and I'm going to give you guys another chance. I'm going to give you another Groundhog's Day. I found a few of the trivia questions from past episodes that all of you got wrong. Oh, my goodness. 
Oh, no. I'm going to give you guys one more chance. And I'm going to let you work together this time. Okay? Sure. If it's School of Rock, I'm still fucked. Episode three, School of Rock. First question. Damn it. Shows violence on this day. As we remember from Jack Black's School of Rock. The movie ends with the school's rendition of Long Way to the Top. I asked you on the episode, who sings Long Way to the Top? It's, it's got the wings. And most of you said Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh, is not incorrect. I have two. I have two. I'm gonna well, go. only one band sings it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I know it's, I have two in my head though. You guys gotta discuss amongst yourselves. I won't. I won't take any answers until you lock it in. <laughs> okay, it's got, I, I have it's a got the wingle. The wing. The wingles. <laughs> okay, it's either ACDC or Van Halen, but I feel as though I'm certain with ACDC. Okay, I don't. My gut was it. ACDC too, Rashawn. Yes or Zeppelin. Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> you got to throw a new one in there. Oh, no. Lacey, I'm going to tell you two, band with the wings in their symbol is Aerosmith. Yeah, I was going to say that's Aerosmith. Isn't that what they're... I'm going to go back and listen to that episode because you said... <clears throat> nope. Aerosmith's logo has the wings. But didn't School of Rock take it from that? That was part of the trivia. Go no, back and listen some... to it. They took something else. They took I the know... costume. They took From one the of the lead singer of close lead guitarist. You guys are close. You guys. I'm gonna need an answer in five seconds. <gasps> five se- Okay, go with you guys. Five. Majority. <laughs> Four. Bella, you lock it in. Okay, we're locking in ACDC. The correct answer is ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> Redeemed. Yes. <laughs> Episode. Nine Avengers. Oh, oh, God. Come on, Rashawn. We need you. We need you now more than ever. If you remember back in the Avengers, I gave you a, a few games. It ended with trivia. And some of you got some right. Some of you didn't. But all of you got this one wrong. I listed a set of characters, and you had to tell me who was the real Marvel character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Remember? Yes. Mm-hmm. The Living Eraser. Armless Tiger Man. Dupe. Is a D-O-O-P. So one of them is fake, right? Which one is real? Oh, they're all real. Yeah, I think it was all of the above. All of the above. Lacey? They're all real. Because we all three said different answers. And I, I think it was like, oh, they're all not going by my knowledge, but going by my editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know for sure for this one, I was like, well, dupe is real. So so I'm a, I'll go with all of the above. Yeah. All of the above. So that you're locking in all of the above? Locking yes. in. That is correct. Yes! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We listen to ourselves. We love a second <laughs> chance. <laughs> Two more left on your second chance, Ron. This is from episode 21. I love you, man. Oh. Name a rush song. <laughs> okay, it's the one that he sings in the fucking man cave maybe like starting with a t can i get two <laughs> blinks for yes one blink for no <laughs> not even listening don't they go like in it yeah 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 to be rushified 
Is it a name like Tommy? Fuck. Oh no. I forgot. We were doing so good. Can we wake up again at 6 a.m.? <laughs> Girl, I am not waking up at 6 a.m. Uh, I'll give you a hint since you've been going hitless for the other two. Carmel's on the right track. Oh, yes. Come on, Mel. I got it. I got it. What? what? Tom Sawyer. Ah! Lock it in. Locking in. Tom Exit Sawyer. The warrior. Today's Tom Sawyer. Yeah! yeah! I knew it was Tom. All right. I'll give it to you. I'll give you your one hint. So you're not getting a hint for this last one. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, Lord. This is episode 23, Soul Food. Name a Thanksgiving item children make at school. <laughs> Fuck you, Judge. Fuck you, Potatoes. Judge. Potatoes. <laughs> That's the only right answer. Potatoes. Okay. We're locking in potatoes forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lock in a paper turkey. (laughs) We're going to lock in a paper hand turkey. Sitting on a bed of potatoes. Paper hand turkey is correct. (laughs) Oh my God. Good job, everyone. You relived your past failures successfully. Look at us learning, thriving, growing. growing. Growth. I'm crying. That was really rude, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Wrapping things up. It seems like we've come to the conclusion that Bill Murray may be an acquired taste. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? That's fair. Mm -mm. What? (laughs) Andy McDowell is a national treasure. Just Mm -hmm. a delight. And that Groundhogs are as cute as they are apparently rabies-filled and vicious. <laughs> and they love great, being Great red. drivers. Great drivers. Dude, I want my next Uber to pull up and it be a little groundhog. <laughs> Chewing Chew away. Chewing his gum. Chewing his gum. All right. We end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation connecting this week's episode to next week's episode. So, who can find the fastest connection between... Andy McDowell, and one of the stars of the film for next week, Nicole Kidman. It seems easy. Right? It's not. It really should be. Don't hate me because I got it. No! Damn, no way. Chill. You need to chill. I don't care. Y'all can hate me. <laughs> What? Let's hear Andy McDowell is in Magic Mike XXL. God damn it. With Jada Pinkett Smith, who is in Collateral with Tom Cruise, who's in Eyes Wide Shut with Nicole Kidman. Someone stop this man. Honestly. <laughs> Get out of here. Do it. Stop. Jesus. Fine. <laughs> I love you guys. No. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey everyone, welcome back to Incinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Josh, here with... What are you doing? Groundhog Day! Oh oh my god! (laughs) Oh, it's so good! If you can see our faces. (laughs) I was like, let him go, he's reading the top of the script. He has no idea. Look at him, baby, baby is confident. All three of us were like... 
do we cut him off? Do we tell him? Is the end? Go you think the, I'm that fucking dumb? End. Go to the end. You were supportive. I appreciate the freedom. I do not appreciate the insinuation that you think I'm just that fucking stupid. <laughs> You're smart. We love you. Very smart, my love. No. You know what? You no. You are. That was a funny bit. Exactly. It was fucking hilarious. The wit. That's it for this week's episode of Winston and Files Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment and liked, subscribed, rated us, reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out so much. You can find this and all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcasts. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you just want to show us some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Josh, Mella, Lacey, and Rashawn. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Not me hearing him read the ending and thinking it was wrong for whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you think it's wrong. (laughs) I gotta go to bed. I gotta go to bed. Keep keep your jeans on. I hear this is comfortable that way. I want to send you guys a picture of me in bed with jeans on tomorrow at 6 o'clock on the dot. Chaos. Absolute chaos. <laughs>